Hello, all you young warriors looking to enter and succeed in corporate America. This is Catapult Leaders Podcast, 10 questions black college students have about a career in corporate America. I'm Daryl Mobley, CEO of Catapult Leaders. Today, I've got a very special treat for you. I'm bringing to you Herb Dyer. Herb's going to give some incredible insights into the questions most often asked by black college students who want to get a great job in corporate America. Herb Dyer is managing partner Pattern Shifts. He also is former chair of Vistage Worldwide and former vice president and chief operating officer of Seton Healthcare Family. Beyond that, he's just a great guy. Outstanding black college students wanted for amazing journey in corporate America. High wages, challenging opportunities, long hours, change is constant, toughness required, great success, fulfillment, and sense of accomplishment are possible. Lean forward. Put your ambition cap on. Take notes. It's winning time. Let's go. So Herb, are you ready for 10 questions from black college students about getting that first job? Absolutely, I'm ready. All right, question number one. In your experience, what do employees look for most when they're trying to hire for entry-level jobs? Well, I would say to you that, you know, from an employer's perspective, they're looking for uh, in high integrity. I think if you have an, uh, an employee that express, show um, strong integrity, that means that they're going to be respectful to their colleagues. They're going to be better collaborators. And I think honesty um, is an important factor as well that comes out of that. All right. Question number two. How did you decide the industry you wanted to be in? So go back in time. How did you decide that I'm going to go into this industry or that industry? Yeah, with two, I would say two things that come across from that. Uh, one, uh, my first job was during my freshman year in college. Okay. Um, and that got influenced by my next door neighbor. She was in healthcare. So she recommended me for a position. I took a part-time position for my first year. And ultimately, by happenstance, I end up staying in healthcare. So it wasn't a chosen path for me based on, you know, looking at the data or looking at the choices out there. It was an happenstance. And the individuals whom I worked with saw that I had some skill set or ability to lead. So I ultimately stayed there and with some luck and with some uh, strong work ethic, I was able to succeed in that space. Okay. All right. Now, what were the one or two most impactful things that helped you get the first great job after college? Again, in, in that journey, the position that I took in the hospital, um, I got promoted through the ranks uh, within my first, my first or second year, frankly, out of college because I stayed with the position that I, I got there initially. Okay. Got promoted and again, met I would say a couple of mentors on the way. Okay. They recognized again that I had um, some strong leadership skills 
and the Air Force supported me along that way. And I was able to take on uh, additional responsibility and new positions as they came about. Okay. Wow. Now, looking back, would you say that that first job after college, was it a good fit with you in your mind, looking back now? Yeah, I would say, you know, I was in my element. I think one of the things that I recognized from early on, even as a, as a seven, eight, nine, ten year old, I was in a position where I always wanted to lead. Okay. You know, I always, uh, you know, with my friends and my, my colleague over time, you know, I was in a position where I naturally stepped into a leadership role. Okay. And I think one of the things to me that I found um, that worked well for me is that I was able to step into a situation and lead. And if I recognized that there were other leaders in the room that wanted and, in fact, were taking a stance of leading the process, I was able to also step back and allow them to lead. Okay. So, you know, I felt in my first position from college, I was able to lead others and, and, and garner that respect from them. And I think one of the things that also helped me along that line is that I was able to allow others on the team to have a voice. So, you know, I had a collaborative leadership style. Would you, you know, I'm listening to you, there's really interesting, you, you know, part of being a great leader, I think, is knowing when to follow, right? When to defer. Yes. How did you learn that? Was that just something you had or did, what taught you that? I, I would say, you know, it's, it's a life journey. You know, um, I think in times we have spoken where I mentioned to you that I was born in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. um, I, okay. and I think one of the things that I learned very early on my dad had, you know, several guys at any given time, depending on the season or depending on the time of the year. Okay. And there were a couple of, there were several men working for us. Mm -hmm. And I remember one day walking out into the field and, you know, I saw a couple of guys sitting around right. and I guess they were just finishing up lunch or whatever the case is. And I just had this bold idea. I walked over to one of the gentlemen there and I said, you know, why don't you do my dad's work? You need to get up and get moving. And, you know, it was an older man, probably <laughs> at that time, maybe in his 40s. And yeah. he said, you know, um, and he referred to me as junior because I was a junior. Okay. I'm a junior. And he said, junior, let's talk. And, I, and he said to me, you know, it, it doesn't matter what position you have in life or who you are in life. You need to respect others. And that was a long lasting lesson for me where no matter, again, no matter what your title or who you are in life, you need to recognize that there are other, that you need to respect other people yep. for who they are and what they do. And I think that taught me a lesson from early on that to be successful, you respect everyone on the team and you give everyone on the team an opportunity to contribute to the success of the team. Okay. So I learned early on in life that um, I could take constructive criticism without being defensive and recognize where if I were right or wrong, I could recognize my position and work from there. Uh, that's a powerful lesson at a very early age. That's very, yes. very good. Very good. So what mistakes, if any, do you think you made in college when you were looking out towards what your first job could be? Uh, I stayed in a safety zone. I, I did not venture out of that safety zone. 
you know, I think I was brought up in a space where, you know, I did okay in school. I did well in school without really working hard. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have um, proper guidance in terms of guidance counselors, like some of my friends. I was in a space where I, you know, I ran track, but I also took some, um, some SP classes or advanced classes in high school. But I didn't do it because it was a plan. I did it because some of my friends were geeks. Okay. So, and I, I lived in both space. I, you know, I, was, I was considered a fairly smart kid, but I also knew how to venture in and out of those different space with the, oh. with the athletes. You know, frankly, to, to honest with you, I got along with some of the thugs as well. Right. You know, we weren't good friends or we didn't hang out, but I was able to operate in those different space. So I, I would say to you, looking back at that time, I was able to succeed, but not, not challenge myself to look at the uncomfortable zone. Okay. And if I had to do it all over again, I would have done it differently. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. So this may fit into that. What one or two things would you change about your preparation for the first job you took? So you took the first job. What one or two things would you change about the preparation if you could go back in time and change it? Sure. I would have, I would have done some of the traditional things. For example, I would have gone to probably a fortune 500 type company. I would have applied for internship, mentorship and work in that space. So even if I didn't stay, for example, whether it's a financial or retail or. You are listening to a Catapult Leaders podcast. For more information, visit catapultleaders.com. Um, I don't know, manufacturing right. entity. Even if I didn't stay with it, it would have taught me some of the values around how to develop a true successful business plan, mm-hmm. how to navigate around the market and understand how do you adjust and change to what those supply and demand needs are? Mm-hmm. How do you understand how to truly develop a strategic plan that is not lo- not only local, but national or international for that matter? I didn't have that in my, in those early stages. So again, those are, I, I think that's one of the mistakes that I made there. Okay. If I also need to step, I would also like to step back as well and say, I would have gone, I would have gone, to college out of town. So when I went to school, I worked and put myself through college. So I took the easy path, meaning that I worked full time, I went to school full time, but it was the easy path knowing that I will graduate at some point and I will ultimately take a better job, but I didn't, I didn't really look at the bigger picture of how I could become, become more successful or taking on a bigger challenge, so to speak. Great. How much should a graduating college student consider where the job is located in deciding whether to take the job or not? In your Along opinion? that same line, do not limit yourself. You know, um, be adventurous, uh, be bold. Take on, if, if the position is frankly in a, if it's outside of the United States, and it allows for you to learn, it allows for you to expand your skill set, go and take it. It is the best time to do it. You're not married, you don't have a family, et cetera. 
take on that, that, that challenge. Expand your role. Be bold. Be courageous. Go out, go out and attack those things that are not in your comfort zone. Well, you're throwing some, uh, some wisdom out there. Looking back in time, which we've, we've been a lot in this talk, looking back in time, what's the one big thing you wish you had known when you started the first job out of college that you did not know? Um, I wish I had, I'm going to say, I wish I had that crystal ball in one sense. I wish I had that relationship with someone that knew the marketplace, that knew the politics, the business politics, the options in terms of how to uh, be my best self in whatever those choices may have been. You know, again, by happenstance, my next door neighbor who was in healthcare recognized that I was, to, to use the term, I was a good person. I was a respectful kid that she observed over time that was always responsible, behaving in a responsible way. And she recommended a position. And, you know, of course, going into that, that position, I was definitely not going to fail her. Right. So I was able to be successful in that space, but it was a safe space. You know, I didn't take on a challenge outside of that. So I would say if I had to do it all over again, I would definitely seek out someone, whether it's again, a mentor or someone outside of the environment in which I was brought up. All right. You've been successful in corporate America. What is the one mindset shift that you believe is key to having a successful career in corporate America? Being flexible, mm. being flexible, being in a position where you have to be a change agent. You know, I think when I look at um, what I accomplish, thank God I was not in a conscious space where, you know, I had to uh, worry too much about what are those decision makers thinking about my performance? Right. I was always in a position where I knew I had to be competitive. I knew I had to perform well, and I knew I would not fail, right? I, failure was not an option. So that's one of the things where when I think back about it, I, 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 I just couldn't fail in terms of whatever it is I took on. So I made sure that I worked hard consistently from the moment I got out of bed to the moment I got back in bed. So the final question, at the start of your career, how did you deal with being one of the very few black managers in your company? I mean, was it a problem? Was it a challenge? Was it a non-issue? What was it? Well, I think, you know, psychologically, there was always that issue. You know, I think, you know, as you know, growing up as a minority person in this country, you know, you always hear the stories of you have to be twice as good. Right. You have to work twice as hard. Right. You have to be the best. Because even when you're the best, you're still getting criticized. Mm -hmm. I didn't walk around with that as a chip on my shoulder, but it was always in the back of my mind that I had to be the best in the room. And, you know, fortunately for me, at 6'4", you know, um, you know, I had a presence and, you know, I think I have what I would say an extrovert 
an extroverted personality, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I was able to command that attention when I walk into a room. So the next thing I had to do was just learn the detail, learn the information so that when I spoke, you know, people would listen, people would respond accordingly. And I think one of the things that I learned from that is, you know, outside of my nine to five or outside of the business I was doing, I would sit on boards and in a couple of different boards, I was told, you know, uh, without, of course, you know, seeking that information, board members would refer that, you know, when her diaries speak, um, people listen. And I think they used to refer to it, the, I think it was the E.F. Hutton commercial, if you remember back in the 70s, when E.F. Hutton speaks, you know, everyone listens. And I think that was one of the compliments that, the, the quiet compliment that I took on. And I think, you know, as again, as a minority in that room, I knew that I was going to be challenged by some of the systemic issues that exist out there. You know, I mean, and if you don't mind, let me add to that answer. I remember working with with an individual who was one of my direct supervisors at the time, who happens to be Caucasian. And even though we had a, a good rapport, you know, I remember doing a 360 with him and I said, you know, John, I think one of the things I recognize about you is you have a, a tendency to apply stereotypes. So even if you're joking or not, mm-hmm. you truly believe that I got this position not on my my own merit or my own uh, or the acumen that I possess. You really believe that I got it because you thought I was an ex-athlete and you thought I got the job because of who I knew, so to speak. Number one. Number two. You have other stereotypes that you apply. I remember, for example, when you read uh, a document that I put out there and you came back to me in my one-to-one meeting and said, Herb, that was well-written, man. You make an assumption that, you know, that I don't or didn't have those skill sets. But it took a while for me for for him to recognize that. And I think he got recognition of that when I sat down with him in 360. And he admitted to me, he said, Herb, this is the first time in my 25 year career that anyone has ever spoken to me this directly and, and, and clarify those things that I apparently I was doing and didn't recognize. So I would say to you, man, that it is, you know, looking again, looking back at, at the, the position of being a minority leader. Yes. You have to recognize those things, but you can't spend a lot of energy thinking about the negative of it. You just have to go out there and work twice as hard, be twice as prepared, and be organized in how you deliver your messages. And I think part of what made success to me as well is that I I tended to be a leader, a collaborative leader. So I didn't just go in there and be a bull in a china shop. And one final piece on that, you know, when I moved from New York to, to Texas, you know, the culture here in Texas was different. Yep. You know, I was um, in a 360 feedback, I was told that I was intimidating. And what I learned from that is that I didn't spend enough time in my one-to-one meetings initially just asking about family and, you know, mm-hmm. how was the weekend and things of that sort. I just went right into it the New York minute. Here are my expectations. This is what I want from you. Let's get it done. When you need to prepare your report, if you have any questions, you can text me or call me, whatever the case is. 
So it was too direct. It was too sharp. You are listening to a Catapult Leaders podcast. For more information, visit catapultleaders.com. You needed to spend some time just talking about family and friends and all that good stuff. Developing that relationship. Yes. Okay, man. I'm almost to the point of excitement to ask you this question. I mean, I've asked you the 10 questions, but is there anything else you want to share with the folks watching this? Anything else you think, you know what, you need to know this? Yeah, I would say ask questions, right? You know, as, as particularly black students graduating from college, be bold, ask questions, Mm -hmm. do not um, hesitate in making recommendations, Uh, seeking out mentors. I mean, obviously if you have successful mentors whom look like you, seek them out. If they are not there, if they don't look like you, but they, you admire their skill set as a leader or as a person, seek them out. Ask them the question. You know, make recommendations. When you, you know, uh, there's, a, there's an old saying that if, if you ask a question, you, it's either going to be yes or no. Right. But ask the question with the intent in mind to get yes. All right. You want to show that you have an interest, you have passion, you admire, and you want to advance your career. You want to advance yourself as a person. So keep in mind, do not, do not separate the professional and the personal side either. I mean, I think they're, 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 they should be integrated. So if you have a strong work ethic, if you have, respect for others and you want to advance in life, combine the personal values to become the best professional. Fantastic. You have blown me away with your insights. I want to thank you so much for what you've said. And uh, it's clear. I mean, you're bringing it from a place of authenticity, which is the whole point of the 10 questions from black college students about getting that first job. Of course, you took it beyond and went into success as you go forward into the job and in life. And I think that's super important. I tell you, you show me a particular courage throughout the conversation, but also in how you, you clearly said, Hey, listen, don't start separating personal from professional and becoming a different person because, you know, I, I think unhappiness is at the end of that rainbow. I think if you're, if you're separating and you're being two different people, you know, be a people person, connect with people, make those friends, reach out to people who don't look like you for sponsorship. I mean, that, that's what I did. And, you know, that, that person uh, uh, has been, as you talk about, there's, uh, you know, there's mentors and responsors. That person became a very powerful sponsor of mine. You know, when I'm not yes. in the room, when I'm not in the room, when I'm not around this, part, looking back now, I know now through all the years have gone by that he was talking me up all the time. He didn't look like me. He didn't come from where I came from. Totally different environment. Everything. It didn't matter. But I had shown what you'd shown the willingness to make decisions, to make suggestions, kind of a boldness. I was not mild and meek. And I think that's important. I wasn't a bull in the china shop. But right. I, was a, I was a happy guy. I wanted to progress. Um, and I like people. And, you know, so I would involve things. And, and uh, I, what you said struck a particular nerve with me. And I think everyone should take notes about what you said. It was very, very good. Thank you so much. 
My pleasure, man, and thank you for the opportunity to to express and respond to the questions. And you know, I am I'm excited about your company. I'm excited about the things that you're taking on, and I think the timing is is perfect. I don't know if the time is perfect because of what's going on. Um, because frankly, if it wasn't going on and what you're doing, I think it's perfect anyway. I think we need to address this because there is a shortfall in terms of when you look at the talent in this country, yes. you know, it's pigeonholed because of whatever the reasons are, right. you know, the, the, the policies that are established by the various legislators throughout this country. Right. You know, we're pigeonholed into certain areas. And the reality is that, frankly, when you, and I think, you know, as an athlete, ex, ex-athlete yourself, mm-hmm. you know, you so-called, you couldn't, blacks couldn't play the quarterbacks. Right. And, right. you know, we have proven that given an opportunity, they can excel in whatever the position is. Right. And I don't quite remember the architect at this point, but the gentleman that was responsible for the design of DC. I think he was an African-American. Yes, he was. And the whole point here is that I think, excuse me, without hurdles, Mm -hmm. we can be the best at anything we put our minds to. Mm -hmm. And I think finally on that point is that we all human beings and the fact that we have a different color doesn't separate or mitigate or are limit the things that we can accomplish. So again, I appreciate the opportunity to, to have this conversation with you and you know, best of luck in reaching out and reaching all of those great talents out there you know, in um, the universe across this country. You got it, my friend, thank you. In one word, Herb Dyer was magnificent the insights he shared, the passion he brought to his tips and strategies and answers to the 10 questions. He went, frankly, far beyond just answering the 10 questions. He went deep down to a place of strength and passion and happiness and joy and success to share the crucial elements that would lead to success. He took an honest look back at his life and said, here's what I would have done differently. You can't beat that. Please, I implore you, use these tips, use these strategies, change your life for the better. Now, Herb has given you all the keys for doing that. Thanks for being a part of this Catapult Leaders podcast. 10 questions black college students have about a career in corporate America. Be sure and go to catapultleaders.com so that you can apply to the Catapult Leaders Program if you are a college student or grad student or a recent graduate. If you are a company leader looking to up-level your company by hiring outstanding new employees, please go to catapultleaders.com and contact us. But wait, there's one more thing. Outstanding companies wanted that absolutely positively, finally commit to hiring talented black college and grad school students. Let's go.